In a world filled with big sports companies and high-end production podcasts comes a group of guys who paid five bucks for this intro. Welcome to Eat, Sleep, Fantasy. Oh yeah, everybody, guess who's back? Welcome back to another episode of Eat Sleep Fantasy. I'm Christian Brito. I know you guys miss me. My name is Jeff. With me tonight, as always, is Mr. Dale DeMott. How you doing, Dale? We are not as excited as you because we did not just come back from a cruise. So, fuck you. And also with us is intern Rich. What's up, Richard? Are you talking? Shut up, Richard. Pretty good. I'm all right. Uh, last two episodes have been the best in our history. So, we'll see what we can do here. Uh, we'll try to work through it. So, uh, we've got a couple of little anecdotes before we start our show. Dale has been telling us all day that he has a story to tell us. This okay. is going to be extremely disappointing. Go yeah. ahead, Dale. Okay, yeah. Now that you set it up like that, you should have said, hey, uh, what's going on? And then I could, like, you know, just organically put it in the conversation. But now everybody's no, going to be... No, because you've been hyping us for it all day, and I'm ready to be disappointed. Go ahead. Okay, well, this is going to be a little long-winded, so I'm, I'm, I'll try to speed it up a little bit. One, uh, and I'll, maybe I'll talk about this later in the show, uh, some draft antidotes, I guess you can call them. Uh, just some draft secrets or tips that I've learned from a couple of drafts that I've done. Um, things not to do, uh, more importantly. Uh, but something pretty cool that I learned, uh, one of the drafts I was doing, somebody played, um, oh, crap. See, I'm already screwing this up. Nice story, Dale. I know, I know. The I'm story sorry. is great, Dale. No, we're not cutting this. Keep going. No, no, no. Um, hold on. Yes. Uh, Chris, Chris Flanagan. He is in, uh, my division in the Eat Sleep Fantasy Listener League. And, uh, he had a pretty cool story about, uh, Steven Guskowski. Um, you know, the kicker for the Patriots. Uh, apparently, this guy is such a good athlete that when they, uh, they had, he had a charity softball game, and Kaskowski went six for six. He had, hold on, let me read this. He had uh, 13 RBIs and six home runs. <laughs> he, uh, he had three outside the park home runs, and then in the first inning, the softball, uh, like the whatever, the league or whatever, they could only limit three home runs per game. And so he had to scale back a little bit and hit inside the park home runs on purpose. So he was driving him down the foul line and making home runs and all that stuff. Uh, so I thought that was pretty crazy. Like, this guy is an obvious freak athlete getting six home runs in a charity softball game. So pretty cool story, huh? So you're drafting him in the first round is what you're saying? Well, my next thing is it, it kind of goes with the reason why we brought up the Guskowski in the first place. It's becoming like this horrible trend where people think that drafting – this, you know, Guskowski in particular, I'm going to see how many times I can say his name in one pod. Um, but people are drafting him early. I mean, even in mocks, people are trying to maybe take a stand and try to, you know, do this trendy pick. Uh, I don't get it. Um, you know, I think he was drafted like in the eighth round of our of our listener league. Uh, league. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Yeah, I mean, even though, okay, he could be the best kicker in the NFL and fantasy, but you can get him in like... Okay, if you really want him, reach for him in like the twelfth round, second to last round. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, well, okay. Most people are going to draft their kickers in second to last or second to last round or last round, right? Um, in this case, you draft them, you know, three rounds before, and you could still probably get them. 
um, this trend where it's you know becoming more and more likely to see it go in the ninth or tenth round is ridiculous. When you know you could still take flyers on you know possibly you know home run players. Um, All right, I I got a bold bold prediction here. Steven Guskowski will not finish the year as the number one kicker this year. No. Oh snap! Yeah, that is pretty bold because he's been so consistent. Um, the chances are that he will be the number one kicker. But that doesn't Have mean... Have you seen what's been happening to the Patriots' weapons all preseason? Because... <laughs> yeah. I mean, no matter what that offense does, no matter what happens to Tom Brady, I mean, he's pretty consistent. So uh, maybe they won't get in the end zone and he'll have more opportunities for field goals. I mean, it can go either way. All right. Well, so, uh, that, so how about that for a fun intro? I just talked four minutes. Uh, probably something that you guys don't really care about. I took like 11 or 12 shots of Patron on the cruise and threw up in the shower. <laughs> Did you? Oh, that's what you were going to tell me today. <laughs> Dude, I get I get a text at like 3.30 in the morning. I woke up this morning, and I look at my phone, and Brito sends me, Hey, remind me tomorrow to tell you about when I got drunk on the last night or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I can't even remember what else happened. I just know that I threw up in the shower because... I had to clean it the next day. Uh, oh, <laughs> oh, you can, oh no. that's wor- you couldn't even stomp it through the the shower grate to get rid of it. Couldn't waffle it. Yeah, waffle yeah. it down the gra- waffle it down the drain. And you just left it there I really to like dry. Patron. Yeah, it was it was gross. Uh, and um, uh, so we've lost all our audience at this point. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Between so now the we can worst just be dead Koskowski air for, story. It could be dead air for forty five minutes, and nobody will even know. Hey, where's all Armando? Right. Uh, oh, so Armando, he is dealing with his houseboat. Uh, he was trying to be Mr. Handyman and fix a light, like a light fixture. And because he doesn't know anything about home improvement and he doesn't know anything about boats. Um, he or fantasy shorted, football. He knows, he knows less about electrical work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so all those three things he tried, I guess, to impress his girlfriend and fix the boat himself. Uh, he shorted out the entire electrical right, system that's always of impressive. his houseboat. Yeah, yeah. And so now they've been living without power on their houseboat for like three days now. I talked to him. I talked to him a couple hours ago. He said, "Hey, yeah, nothing much. I'm over here at a cafe charging all my devices." <laughs> <laughs> hey, God, if you really sucks. want to impress the ladies, just bring home that uh, those fantasy championship belts. Oh yeah, that always do the trick, right? Yeah, that's right. Or bring her to your houseboat. Uh, that's pretty good too. No, that that's creepy. You all right, guys. Bring, well, you cannot bring a girl to your houseboat. I'm going to try to reel us in a little bit. All right, we need like some sort of horn here or something to get us back onto actual fans. No, that's the drop that, you know, people use in the middle of like an epic rap song that totally ruins the song. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I'm zoning. And that's it. Like it kills Somebody call an one. All right. (laughs) Something, something. Wow. Okay. So today we're going to be doing a couple things. We're going to be kind of recapping most of the preseason, getting you ready for your fantasy draft. If you have not held it yet, this is the weekend to have your fantasy draft, Labor Day weekend, this Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. We're going to see a ton of those fantasy drafts, so we're going to be recapping what's happened throughout this preseason, a little bit of news, and uh, we'll go ahead and get into that that rewind right now. Hey, Brito, let me go ahead and interrupt you. I just got an update right now on Teddy Bridgewater's injury. Not only did he tear his ACL, he also dislocated his knee. Oh, that sucks. How does yeah. this how does this impact uh, the rest of the Vikings? Well, 
If there's uh, any team if, if that could lose, sure. oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. If there's any team that could lose their quarterback and still win the division, it's the Vikings. Yeah. Adrian Peterson is quarterback proof. Laquan Adrian Treadwell. Peterson is still a go. Treadwell may take a hit. Um, you know, I always like taking his. Uh, you know, in the later rounds. Uh, you know, I was I was kind of liking him in the later rounds, and maybe he takes a small hit. Uh, but we'll see who what quarterback steps up, and uh, maybe they'll sign a veteran. Who knows? The the, the guy the that blueprint. takes a hit is the Stephon Diggs. Go ahead. Oh my God! The blueprint for the Vikings is still the same. Their hard their their defense and their running game. The passing game was just an afterthought to them. Yeah, it seemed like it. Go ahead, Brita. You may speak now. <laughs> the guy that takes a hit to me is Stefan Diggs, not Lacon Treadwell. He looked very good all preseason. Um, Treadwell's been kind of running with the twos still. And, I mean, Diggs are great in that last preseason game for a little bit of time that the starters played. Uh, you know, kind of expected him to emerge as a wide receiver three upside kind of guy. But I... Uh, Maybe not so much with without Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. All right, guys. Let's get let's let's get into some games here. Um, like, well, we're kind of gonna breeze through the games here and just kind of give you the fantasy impact on this actual game and looking forward into the season. Um, let's start off with the Steelers and Saints. Both uh, have not won a game in preseason until uh, last weekend. Steelers, of course, won twenty-seven fourteen. Um, Ben Roethlisberger was out there. He had almost 150 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, nothing great, really, from either team uh, as far as the stats are concerned. Antonio Brown had his normal four catches uh, for 87 yards and a touchdown. But uh, what's your what's your takeaway, guys? That's a pretty good game. <laughs> yeah. My, my takeaway is that, you know, the Steelers' offense looked fantastic, especially Big Ben. For as much as I've been crapping on Big Ben throughout the offseason, he looked great. Granted, I'm going to take away a little bit from that and say it's against the Saints' putrid defense. Um, but he looked great. Um, we found out today Ladarius Green is going on IR. So it is Jesse James' time at the tight end position. And uh, Lev Bell out there looking healthy, looking good. So um, once he comes back from that suspension, I expect him to be back to, you know, the good old Lev Bell. He looked great to me. And, uh, again... Big Ben looked looked very sharp, so I expect once Lev Bell gets back into that offense, for it to be clicking and performing at pretty at a pretty high clip. Yeah, surprisingly, yeah. I mean, Le'Veon Bell had uh, five receptions last game, which uh, you know in his limited time playing is not bad at all. Yeah, and speaking of the tight ends, you mentioned that Jesse James looks like he's going to be the guy. I thought he looked a lot better than Xavier Grimble, which was the other tight end that they were working on. Uh, you know, Jesse James he had five targets, he caught four of them, including one for a touchdown. It wasn't it wasn't any long yardage. It was pretty much you know maybe five or six yard dump offs, which was I guess a safety net. But he looked pretty good. He was he was making the catches. He was moving good. Uh, I'm excited to see what he what he brings to the table. I mean I'm not going to be drafting him in any leagues anytime soon, but if he's somebody that you know is available on waiver wires and having a couple of good weeks, absolutely. When when you guys say Jesse James, are you imagining the gunslinger or the bike builder? The gunslinger. Uh, I think of the body, uh, the, the bike builder. The bodybuilder? What? A <laughs> <laughs> right. little slip um, there, Dale? I think about Eric Decker's wife. I'm Her sure you do. Jesse James. I'm sure you do. Just, Why do you know that? Because he watches Dale the real me, housewives of whatever. Um, no comment. <laughs> Is she really on that show? 
I have no idea. I just know that a while back, I used to have Eric De- Decker in one of our keeper leagues, and uh, he appeared on one of the shows that my wife watches. I, I don't know what show, but apparently, yeah, her name he, is just he had a Eric Decker had a reality show on E, didn't he, with his wife? Something it came like on that. right like right after the Kardashians, I think. I think I think you're right, bro. I think I remember seeing that a couple years ago. Yeah. Yep. Um, All right, let, let, let's go to the other side of the ball. Her name is Jesse James Decker. Okay. This is not helpful. All right, moving <laughs> on. Oh, Jesse James Decker. Oh, yeah, I know who that is. <laughs> yeah, bro, I Google that all the time. What you talking about? <laughs> We're never getting Eric Decker on the show. <laughs> we need to start writing a list of people that are never coming God, on the show. I want Jesse James Decker on the show. Oh, my God, we're uh, cutting that. <laughs> <laughs> and Dale's just fucking coughing. <laughs> this is the worst show we've ever made. <laughs> Reminds me of a damn Dan Levitard show right now. <laughs> we've not it's, even gotten to it's fucking, it's fucking 10.30 in the morning, 90 minutes on air. They haven't talked about shit. Dan's just laughing. <laughs> so let's talk about the Saints. <laughs> All right, so um, one of my big takeaways from the Saints game is that Colby Fleener seemed to not be that involved. He left the game with one catch on four targets. Um <sighs> He's getting he's getting bad reports yeah, throughout off season, throughout the off season. I'm just a little bit concerned, right? How long is it going to take for him to build that rapport with Drew Brees? It seems like it's taking a little bit longer than I would like it to. I think maybe year end production he might be pretty good, but right now I'm a little scared. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. I've been sketchy all 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 off season on Kobe Flater. I mean, unfortunately, the reports do say that, you know, the, the rapport between Fleener and Breeze isn't where they want it to be at. But ba- based off of just looking at the game and, and the performance of, of Kobe Fleener, if you look at just the stat line, he was he had one catch, four yards on four targets. So it seems pretty horrible. But he had something that the, the stat line won't show is a 30-yard catch that he made that was called back from a holding call. He had what it looked to be another catch that he made in the air, but he was brought down by a horse collar tackle. So that was an incomplete pass, but you won't see that on the stat sheet. I thought he looked pretty good, but you know the the the, the reports are concerning. Uh, just like you said, it's possible that the the bulk of his production is going to come later in the year. But you know the season is 16 games. Well, the fantasy season is 13 games. So if he's going to give you a couple of slow games in the beginning, I'm still all right with that. If if that means he's going to be productive from like you know the 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 later seven the, the latter half of the season, you know when you're really going to need him to step up. Yeah. You know who looked good, Richard? Your boy. Ooh, Willie Sneed. Yeah, he did. He looked pretty sharp. He had four targets, caught all four passes, 58 yards and a touchdown. Man, he looked good. He looked good. I mean, he's. He's gonna be a sneaky little play there in the later rounds. If you can, if you can stash him on your bench, go for it. Um, are you guys are you guys worried at all about the Spiller Ingram situation? We saw Spiller get the start, which to me was kind of surprising. I think it has a lot to do with they want to get a little bit of a longer look at him. He was all reports are that he was injured throughout most of last season. Was not himself. You guys worried about Ingram at all in that situation? Yeah, I'm not I, worried about. I I'm am not, personally. Personally, I'm not worried about him taking over Mark Ingram's position. What they're pretty much trying to do is 
you know, they, they, they want to see what C.J. Spiller can do because, like you said, he was injured for most of last year, so they want to see what a real C.J. Spiller, you know, can actually produce because Mark Ingram, he's he's only got one full season in his career where he played all 16 games. So they might just want to make sure that C.J. Spiller is going to be inadequate enough of a backup for in case Mark Ingram goes out in the season. Yeah, I mean, the, the, my, my concern is all in PPR, uh, these, these receptions. If, if Spiller can prove that he is the third down pass catching back that they thought he was uh you know Mark Ingram's four catches per game is uh gonna mean nothing um because I think I think Spiller could take all of them well hey up until up until last year the, the the receptions themselves weren't really part of of Ingram's you know actual big game qualities in 2012 he had six catches 2013 he had seven so it really in 2014 is when he started to catch more passes. He had yeah. 29 that year, and then 50 last year, like you said. Right. So it's possible that maybe last year was the outlier, and he doesn't. He's he's not really going to catch that many passes this year. Good point. Good point. When you're projecting players, just try to stay away from. Uh, I don't. You know. I think those receptions are going to go down, and overall, that's going to hurt. That's going to hurt his overall value for sure. All right. All right. Uh, let's talk about the Cleveland Browns and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, pretty surprising here. I mean, a couple of years ago or even last year, I wouldn't have said, you know, the Browns and Bucks are a game that I want to watch, especially in preseason. But uh, it was pretty interesting. Um, both Jameis Winston and RG3 played pretty well. Um, Winston had, you know, 20, uh, 16, 16 for 25 with over 250 yards and two touchdowns. Um, he uh, Mike Evans caught one of those. Mike Evans had 115 yards. Uh, Vincent Jackson was heavily involved here. Um, and, of course, uh, on the other side of the ball, we have Josh Gordon. Uh, he had a couple 40-yarders that he caught. Uh, he had a touchdown, and RG3 looked pretty good and sharp. Uh, what, are your, what are your takeaways for this, guys? V-Jax. <laughs> Vincent Jackson's my biggest takeaway. Yeah. If if we expect Mike Evans to be that number one guy, that's fine, but that doesn't mean that this <coughs> offense can't sustain two incredibly productive wide receivers. And we've seen Vincent Jackson be elite in the past. He was injured for a good portion of last season, but he seems to be fully healthy right now. He's he's the vet and he's gonna be playing against number two corners with Mike Evans, you know, taking, you know, the the elite corner on the opposite side of the field. And I, I expect him to heavily outproduce his draft position right now. Yeah. I mean Yeah, Jameis Winston, he Jameis Winston, he threw for over four thousand last year. He's, there's enough yards in that offense to go around where you can have two 1,000-yard receivers. So don't be surprised if Vincent Jackson does get you about 800, 900 yards, maybe even 1,000 yards, because he, it does look like he is going to be much more involved than he was last year. Yeah, I mean, Jameis Winston, for only playing a half a game, he had 25 attempts uh, and 259 yards. So if that's any indication of how the Bucks are going to run their, their offense, uh, might be surprising to see Evans and Vincent Jackson uh, holding up uh, fairly well. So where would you feel comfortable drafting Vincent Jackson right now, Christian? Um, all right. So first, let's let's start that question with what his average draft position now, is right that, now. That would be 136. So right. he's the 49th wide receiver off the board. And I think he definitely deserves to be pushed into that back end of the 30s in that category right around where Josh Gordon, Stephen Diggs, um, definitely ahead of everyone after that. So there's a drop-off right after Josh Gordon and Stephen Diggs, Torrey Smith, Tavon Austin, Corey Coleman. I will take I will take 
Vincent Jackson over every single one of those guys. But he belongs in that Kevin White, Sterling Shepard sort of category. Yeah, I was about to say, so, Corey, Corey Coleman, Kevin White, Sterling Shepard, there's so much upside there. Uh, it, when the draft comes around, it, it'll be really hard to choose uh, Vincent Jackson, as reliable as he can be. Uh, man, I mean, the upside of those guys, they can outperform their ADP very easy. You don't think Vincent Jackson can, though? Yeah, I mean, uh, like you said, in that group, I'll be okay. Um, but... You know, I guess nitpicking here, I'd probably take him uh, after those guys. Well, he's but. he's going after, so it's not like yeah. you have to take him right. in that spot. I get you. I mean, you yeah. can you yeah, can yeah. roll the dice a little bit and see what falls to you in that in that in that position. But yeah, I really he, like where he's going. I would I would consider taking him around even too earlier. All right, Vincent Jackson or Willie Sneed? Huh. Willie I think Sneed. I'd ra- I think I'd rather have Vincent Jackson at this point. Yeah, maybe maybe I mean with with the targets he got and the production that he's still showing. Um, I don't know. Jameis, Jameis Winston could throw for another 4,000 yards this year. He, he has value for sure. Yeah, but you know Drew Brees is going to throw for over 4,000 yards. Yeah, but it, I see kind of a very similar kind of year to maybe what Ryan Fitzpatrick was able to do with his wide receivers because it's really three guys that are going to be catching the ball in Tampa Bay. It's going to be Mike Evans, the one, Vincent Jackson, the two, and Charles Sims out of the backfield. And they're going to heavily focus on those wide receivers. It's not like Drew Brees who's going to spread it around to seven different guys every game where where you've got Cooks, you've got Snead, you've got Kobe Fleener, you've got Michael Thomas, you've got Mark Ingram, and, and you've got a lot of weapons to spread the ball around to in New Orleans. And granted, he's going to throw the ball for 5,000 yards again, but Jameis Winston's got those two guys that he's going to split a ton of work between. Brito, let me go ahead and, and play a this or that with you. The choice is yours. You can get with this, or you can get with that. You can get with this, or you can get with that. All right. So currently, Vincent Jackson, like you said, he's being drafted as the 49th wide receiver off the board, number 136 overall. Now you said that you you think he belongs more in the you know in in the mid to late 30s, then right among wide receivers. Mm, late 30s, more late or less. 30s. Yeah. Okay. So. Currently, the ones that are... I'll go ahead and I'll name off a few that are in that range. You let me know what you think. So, would you go Vincent Jackson or would you go Sterling Shepard? Uh, give me Vincent Jackson. Oh, my God. There's so many people on Twitter that are going to hate me for saying that. <laughs> All right. Vincent Jackson or Kevin White? Uh, Kevin White's looked terrible this preseason. Give me Vincent Jackson. Okay. Vincent Jackson or Deshaun Jackson? I'll go Deshaun Jackson. He's looked very good this preseason, and he's a guy that's being very undervalued himself. All right, one more. I'll give you an easy one. Vincent Jackson or Michael Crabtree? Uh, I'll give me Crabtree all day. All right, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Any, he's any right there, back is? of the 30s. Yeah, exactly. I just named off number 37, 38, 39, and number 35 for you. And right. you took so so you so based off of your answers you would take him over Deshaun you would take Deshaun Jackson and Crabtree over Vincent Jackson, but not Kevin White Sterling Shepard. I'll tell I'll give you one that'll blow your mind. I'll give I'll take Vincent Jackson over Devontae Parker. What about Alan Hearns? Uh, I still like Hearns. Okay, Moncrief. Uh, Moncrief way ahead. Okay, like like. Four rounds ahead of Vince Jackson. Five rounds right. ahead. No, yeah. I thought I thought you I thought you weren't a fan this off season, so that's why I mentioned them. Yep. All right. Well, let's uh, let's hurry up and get into the next game then. Uh, let's talk about the Cowboys and Seahawks. Um, 
of course, the Cowboys or Cowboys lost seventeen to twenty-seven. Uh, I guess the guys to watch here: uh, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Russell Wilson. Um, so sad, Tony, for Tony Romo. I know. I didn't want to say his name because I feel bad for him. And uh, that uh, Doc Prescott. Um, hey, uh, Dale, do you want to get into the? Uh, There's no such thing as being injury prone again, because <laughs> that that a hundred percent exists. Look, and no, it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> Of course it does. Oh my god! There's there's so many factors that play in. Okay, just all right. I can be more injury prone than you, and you could still get injured, and I not get injured. But there's definitely plenty of what would be considered risk factors for injury. And Tony Romo clearly has a lot of risk factors for injury if well, he because... keeps having repeat bone fractures. Yes. Okay. He has repeat injuries on the same stuff. He doesn't have repeat injuries on separate parts of his body. And he's had he's had several injuries. I understand that, but um, he's it's not because his bones aren't as strong. Listen, I'll say this: whether it's whether it's fantasy stats, fantasy injuries, whatever happens in the past is a very good indicator of what might happen in the future. Whether it's fantasy production or injuries. Injuries tend to crop up with the same players over and over and over again. That's why you worry about these guys. Yeah, but there's no scientific proof that because somebody broke their hand, their foot is more susceptible of being injured. That's Unless they're old and have a lower bone density, which very well might be the case. Who the fuck knows? But, you know. Hey, you guys, you guys know how, you know, you guys know how they say when somebody's talking about you, you start to ring. Well, Tony Romo gets an ear infection every time somebody talks about. It. That's how injury prone he is. That was really bad. Bum, oh, bum, come on! Bum. You gotta let that breathe. Come on, let it breathe next time. <laughs> um, all right. It did breathe. So uh, I guess let's talk about uh, Ezekiel Elliott first. Uh, Cam Chancellor said he was surprised by Elliott's physicality. Um, he ran pretty hard. Seven carries, forty-eight yards. Man, I don't know if you saw the plate, but Ezekiel Elliott went running through the middle. He went in between the line, and Cam Chancellor was there waiting for him. And he just, Ezekiel Elliott just went right into him, shoulder first, spun off, and he he broke the tackle, but then somebody else came and tackled him. So and they, they already had a little bit of beef brewing even before that play. Yeah. So that was that, that was fun to watch, man. So is Elliott, now they've got is Elliott, the, is Elliott a first-round pick? Oh, yeah. Of course. Of yeah, season? of course. Yeah. Okay. Okay. About, uh, I'm, I'm not too worried about the room. What? I said, how about Dak Prescott? Where does he deserve to be drafted? Yeah. That's tough. <laughs> is, is, okay, uh, let, here, let me, ask, let, let me ask a question simple. Is ish. he where Romo was for you? No. How many well, spots? Romo, Romo was undrafted for me, so. Well, how, how far under uh, underdrafted? Well, Romo was in that you know, quarterback 16 range, I would put Dak Prescott outside of my top 24 at quarterback. Okay. He's a rookie, man. I, I know he's looked great this preseason, but they're going to have a very simplified scheme for him. He's he's still a rookie. I don't expect huge things, but I expect the offense to be okay with him. Des takes Des down. I moved Des down a couple spots. I don't think it's a huge difference. Um, I didn't move Ezekiel Elliott at all. I don't think it's going to be a huge detriment to him. Um, now, I just don't think anybody outside of Des is going to have any value in that offense. 
Okay. Uh, well, uh, as far as receivers, I mean. Right, right. Uh, let's just jump over to the Seahawks right now. Um, I'm curious what you guys think about the rushing. Of course, Thomas Rawls didn't play, but uh, you have uh, Michael and Procise uh, both kind of splitting the work. Uh, Michael had seven more carries than Procise. Uh, I'm sorry, seven carries compared to Procise's four. Um, any takeaway from the, I guess, the backup role, or uh, I guess they're going to split a little bit, not completely backup. I'm getting worried for Thomas Rawls. Yeah. I mean, I was really high on Thomas Rawls. I really wanted him to be the guy and really the only guy there because he looked really good last year. But Christine Michael, man, he's 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 been stepping it up. He really he doesn't want to be cut anymore. That's it. He's tired of moving. Um, but, yeah, he, he looked really good, man. And, and, you know, with all the injury concerns that Thomas Rawls has had, I wouldn't be surprised to see pretty much an even split there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Michael had My seven biggest... carries for 58 yards, averaging eight and a half carries, uh, eight and a half yards per carry. Not bad at all. My biggest takeaway is that Seattle's offensive line, uh, for as much as they were maligned last year, they've looked very good this year. <laughs> um, and Christine Michael has continued to run hard, and he's probably going to cut into Thomas's Rawls. Thomas Rawls's work. Thomas's Rawls. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to cut into his Rawls. <laughs> Um, but I mean, I, I still kind of expect Rawls to be very productive. Um, Russell Wilson looked great, uh, especially on his touchdown pass to Lockett. It was, it was beautiful. I'm sorry. I gotta stop talking. It was so good. (laughs) Seriously. If you, if you're going to watch any preseason play, go back and watch, uh, Russell Wilson elude like three would be tacklers and throw a nice pass to Tyler Lockett in the end zone. So next we have uh, the L.A. Rams versus the Denver Broncos. Broncos came ahead 17-9. to um, Who has a better quarterback here, the Rams or the Broncos? The Broncos. I'd like to, I'd like to use one of my lifelines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, tr- so Trevor Simeon, uh, the new starter for the Denver Broncos, went 10 for 17 at 122 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Case Keenum uh, had 8 for 12, pretty good completion percentage. For 77 yards. Um, I guess Demarius Thomas looks like he's still going to get his no matter who the quarterback for the Broncos is. Uh, he had four receptions for uh, 63 yards. Um, the rushing is expected. C.J. Anderson for the Broncos is you know going to get the nod for the season. And uh, if he can keep up his, his physicality and his physical play, uh, he should be a factor uh, for this Broncos uh, offense that's going to be running a lot this year. Um, what's your takeaways in this game, guys? Yeah, well, I know, take- I know Demarius Thomas is your boy there, Christian. Uh, what do you think about his eight targets in that first half? Uh, I thought it was great. I, I think it's a, very indicative of how much the Broncos have been throwing in the preseason. Uh, it has a lot to do with them wanting to get a good look at these quarterbacks because, uh, to be honest, I don't think anybody wants to start the season with Trevor Simeon. But the defending Super Bowl champs, they have a good defense. They're probably going to try to run the ball a lot more during the season than what we saw in the preseason. Uh, but I'm not too worried about Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. Trevor Simeon showed me throughout this preseason that he's a competent quarterback and he's going to probably be able to get the job done pretty well. Um, I I think Demarius Thomas is going to have a very similar season to last year uh, where he ends up with a ton of targets, a lot of yards, and maybe the touchdowns won't be there like they have been in seasons past. But that's still a pretty pretty good year high-end wide receiver two low-end wide receiver one for me 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, where he's being drafted right now is a 16th wide receiver overall. I, th- I think that's good value there. Yes. In a, in a PPR league, I love him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 16, 16 17 is about where he should be. Uh, low end number one, I probably wouldn't go that far personally. Um, I'm looking at him, you know, as, as your second receiver, most likely. That's fine. Okay. Just letting you know. I, mean, I don't. I don't. I don't hate it there. I, I think he'll he'll finish in the top fifteen, and I think he's a lock to be a top fifteen in PPR. Yeah. Okay. Continue. All right. Um, anything else for the Broncos Rams? Uh, of course, Todd Gurley didn't play. Um, no crazy rushers beyond. Uh, uh, Benny Cunningham only had three carries for twenty-two yards. Uh, he had six carries for twenty-two yards. Yeah. What did I say? Three. Oh, sorry. Three. That offense looks. That offense does not look good. No. That's going to be the Todd Gurley show, and I'm not sure how great he's going to have to try to carry that team. Kind of reminds me of old Minnesota, back when they weren't great, and they but Adrian Peterson was great and had a ton of carries. I I think it'll be a lot of that. Yeah. Um, You know, we've seen Case Keenum is now the clear starter. Jared Goff looked freaking awful. Like he's he's not ready for the NFL. Yeah, yeah he's just a rookie. Give him a little bit of time. All right. Well, uh, let's get into the next game then. The Bills and the Redskins. Redskins came on, uh, finished the game. Uh, however you want to say it. But Redskins won twenty-one to sixteen. Um, Kirk Cousins played okay. He had twelve for twenty-three for one hundred eighty-eight yards. Uh, EJ Manuel and three touchdowns. That's the thing. He played okay with three touchdowns. And EJ Manuel uh, for the Bills played 21 of 39 with 221 yards. Um, I know you guys yeah, have a lot not to re- say. That's about. not really important. No, it, it, nothing. Nothing in this game really is. You guys got anything good? Well, no. There, there, there are a few, a, a couple little nuggets. Reggie Bush, did you guys see him play? Yeah, he looked good. He looked well, good, man. Jonathan the Bills Williams, didn't play any of their freaking starters. Yep. Well, Jonathan Williams wasn't—he wasn't as effective as Reggie Bush was. Uh, you know, Williams was eleven for forty-two for a touch and a touchdown, but one of his rushes was for thirty-seven yards. So really, he had ten carries for five yards beyond that. But Reggie Bush looked good, man. If if anything happens to Lashawn McCoy, Reggie Bush might be a pretty good fill-in. Yeah. Yep. The other yeah. the other thing is, do you guys think it might be time to start hitting the panic alarm on Matt Jones? Yep. Yep, I have that in my notes here as well. Robert Kelly, man, he moved well. He had yep. 12 carries, 51 yards. He he was looking good, man. I would R. be Kelly. worried if I was Matt Jones. Yeah, R. Kelly. <laughs> he puts the key in the ignition, baby. He pees all over women. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> Moving on. Uh, you know, E.J. Manuel, uh, you know, his stat line is pretty, uh, pretty promising for Tyrod Taylor, meaning... Uh, to, the Bills give a lot of uh, a lot of options for the quarterback to take off if they need to. Uh, I think Tyrod Taylor is, is a little bit a uh, little bit quicker than EJ Manuel, and Manuel had almost forty yards on three carries as well. So that's pretty promising. I think Taylor's going to be in for a good rushing season this year, even though he didn't play this game. Yep, um, we know you love Tyrod Taylor. Move on. You know, <laughs> I think our new listeners need to know how much I love Tyrod Taylor. Go to our website, eatsleepfantasy.com. And uh, go in the little search bar, type in Tyrod Taylor. One of my articles is going to be there about Toolman Taylor, hashtag Toolman Taylor. Uh, I have him ranked as a number seven running back, by the way. 
And I have not. Wow. He's a running back. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I've done this before, haven't I? I've called him a running back before. Uh, yep. Number seven quarterback. Um, he's he's going to be awesome this year. Um, and I've been saying that for months. Uh, so if you don't listen to anything else I say, go draft Tyrod Taylor. You're going to be happy. We got to make some Tyrod Taylor bets and some Demarius Thomas bets. I want a T-shirt make some more bets. Tyrod. I want like a Tyrod Taylor T-shirt. I'll wear it every they, day. They, ha- they make those. They're called jerseys. That shit's <laughs> going to be so irrelevant in a year. <laughs> All right. Uh, you guys want to talk about our Miami Dolphins? Uh, they played the Atlanta Falcons last weekend. Uh, of course, they won 17 Oh, snap. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. They run the ball from goal to goal like <laughs> no one's ever seen. They're in the air, they're on the ground, they're always in control. Hey, when you're thinking Dolphins, we're talking Super Bowl. Yeah, that was good, guys. Right. That was really. That good. was man. I didn't. I don't even know the song, and I freaking sang <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It just it, yeah, it runs was, through my blood, man. I was kind of yeah. like you know, I wasn't really dancing, but I was kind of moving in my chair, like you know, I got. <laughs> You were doing uh, the white guy dance. Yeah, yeah, it was, totally. Um, so the Miami Dolphins uh, played the Atlanta Falcons, and uh, they had that fast-paced, up-tempo offense that we were all hoping for. Uh, Tannehill was 20 of 29 for 155 yards. Um, he had a couple of nice scrambles in there, too. Uh, I love seeing Kenny Stills get a handful of receptions as well. Uh, we all know what to expect from Jarvis Landry this year, but Kenny Stills has, has been a quite surprise this preseason. Kenny Stills is pretty much he's doing everything that he can to solidify himself in that offense, and you know at this point I'd probably take Kenny Stills over Devontae Parker. Oh, uh, not a question, not a question. Oh, really? Yeah, not even a question. Still, not a question. Like for season long or for start of the season or what? Drafting right now, no, no hmm. doubt about it. I'm not sure I'm going there, but I'm definitely moving Devontae Parker way down my ranks. I'm just I'm not sure if he's gonna be the guy we expected him to be this season. He has not For sh- me, right, he hasn't shown anything in the preseason. Let's not go super crazy with the preseason. The thing that it does for me is it really solidifies uh, Jarvis Landry for me in my <laughs> rankings, and I think that he's it's going to be another year of Jarvis Landry being the guy yeah. for the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. I mean, you know, Devontae Parker, we keep waiting for something. Um, I mean, at least at Kenny Stills, we've seen flashes. You know, he has that big playability. Um, he could obviously catch the ball very well, um, but we haven't seen it from Devontae Parker. We just keep wondering and wishing. Um, Devontae Parker needs to understand that just because he's a Dolphin doesn't mean that he can continue thinking, next year is my year. That only applies to the team. He needs to do something this year. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Or else he's going to be sleeping with the fishes. Oh, I see what you did there. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, you guys, that... What I said was a joke, too. I hope you guys didn't take it seriously. What? I said just because he's a Dolphin doesn't mean that he can't have the mentality of next year is our year. That that only works for the team. Yeah. No, that sounded really realistic. Yeah, actually. it did sound real. <laughs> I was like, that's good analysis, Rich. That's exactly how the Dolphins play. Yeah. Um, so Matt Ryan, he didn't – I mean, he's Matt Ryan, right? I mean, 12 he, for 20. He's getting worse every year. Is it just me? Is he just getting worse as his career goes on? I, I just think our expectations are getting lower and lower for him. Um, yeah. <laughs> he threw another red zone interception. Um, I, you know what it is? He had Julio when he had Roddy White, and now he doesn't have that second receiver. 
And so he has one read, and when Julio's not there, he just throws the ball and does crazy shit with it, and it just it's awful. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, how about Devontae Freeman lighting the world on fire with five, uh, uh, five attempts for eight yards? That's awesome, right? Yeah, yeah with a with, with a long of four yards. Whew. Watch out. You want to make some Devonta Freeman bets? Because I'll do that too. <laughs> no, Man, he was going so fast. I thought he was going to go back in time. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> hey, Ryan Tannehill had more rushing yards than Devonta Freeman did. Okay. Ah. Hey, how about this? this Who has sucks. more yards, Ryan Tannehill or Devonta Freeman at the end of the season? <laughs> I'll take like, Ryan Tannehill. Total yards? I'll take Ryan Tannehill because he's a freaking quarterback. <laughs> he said. No, he said rushing yards. He said rushing no, yards. Jerk. He didn't say rushing yards. Yeah, he did. Play, Go back play, and listen to the play, tape. Play it back. He said, who has more <laughs> yards? <laughs> Your exact sentence was, who has more yards? You don't know. You didn't write it down. Now we'll never know. What do you mean? We'll never know. Because I you, we but, don't have the capability of rewinding because we're a shitty podcast that doesn't have fancy equipment. Okay. I'm sorry. That hurt your feelings, didn't it? I, could, yeah, I heard really, your voice. I know. I want somebody to sponsor our show and give us good equipment. If you're out there, especially if you're a food company, Hello. that'd be great. We'll just accept food, actually. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the Kansas City Chiefs and Chicago Bears. Chiefs. Woo! Yeah, that's right. 23-7. to 7, The Chiefs won. Um, Alex Smith, 20 for 30 with 181 yards. Uh, Brian <laughs> That's Hoyer. Such an Alex Smith stat line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brian Hoyer is even better. 8 for 17 for 71 yards. Uh, Jerry May Langford ran the ball okay. Not great. Uh, he, had, he had a couple of flashes, but overall he was only uh, 6 carries for 17 yards. Um, Alex Smith had more yards than, than Jerry May Langford. Uh, are you guys on this Langford bandwagon or jumping off of it? What's going on here? I still see Langford as a flex option for me. I mean, he's not somebody that you're going to have as your first or second running back, depending on how, on how you draft. But uh, at least I wouldn't feel comfortable having him as, as my second running back. I see him as more of a flex option. Yeah, I think he's looked fine this preseason. Um, for me, Jordan Howard has been bad this preseason. He's kind of been dropping down the depth charts by reports. Um, it's going to be Jeremy Langford's job. Uh, my concern is not necessarily with his talent, which was what was much maligned throughout the early portion of this offseason. Uh, my concern is that offense doesn't look very good in general. Um, but he's going to get a lot of work, and I think he'll be just fine. And if he, if I had great wide receivers around it, if I, you know, three out of my first four picks were wide receivers. I would not mind him being my RB2. Cool. Right. And and that all really depends on how you draft. So in that in that situation, yeah. But if 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 he's your second running back off the board and you only and it's like, you know, your third pick, then you're doing something wrong. Well, yeah, then you're high on pot news. <laughs> yeah, I have somebody in my listener league uh no, I'm sorry, it's not in the listener league. It's actually Maybe that guy, maybe that guy that took Guskowski in the 8th round will take Langford in the 3rd. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, somebody in our uh, alternate league, the listener league alternate, uh, I don't know if we really have a name for it, but his team name is High on Pot News, which I thought was pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Kevin White looks bad. I just want to point that out. He's yeah. he's looked bad. And um, reports were bad earlier in the offseason, and uh, I'm not too optimistic right now for his season. Maybe towards the end of the year, but he does not seem to have picked up any sort of connection with Cutler 
uh, or rapport yet. So we'll see how that progresses. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, jump into the Bengals and Jags game. Twenty-one to twenty-six. Jags won. Um, nothing crazy here. Uh, McCarron was sick. Uh, eight for twelve for the Bengals with one hundred and seven yards and a touchdown. Um, I guess the big thing here uh, is the running back play of the Bengals between uh, Gio Bernard and Jeremy Hill. Uh, Hill had most of the carries, but uh, Bernard impressed. Bernard looked good. He was sharp. He had a very nice receiving touchdown on the first drive of the game. I mean, Hill still got his. He got his touchdown. But, I mean, Gio looked great. What I want to talk about is the running backs on the other side of the field. Um, TJ Yeldon got the start. He looked good. And Chris Ivory looked not that good. Uh, I don't know how to word today. (laughs) I mean, yeah. In this in this case, Chris Ivory was brought in to help with the workload. T.J. Yeldon had an he he had an okay year last year, but ultimately he is the younger guy. He is the future at the position for this team. So if C.J. Yeldon can show that as early as this off this preseason that he can be the guy, then he's going to get more work, more and more work as the year goes on. If he's able to play like he did yesterday. All right, Andy Dalton. Like good. Is that all you want to say about Andy Dalton? <laughs> He looked good. Okay. I think people hate on him too much. He looked great. All right, All right I'm going to say great now. He looked great. Right. Oh, AJ Green's fine. He yeah. bumped his knee, but he's fine. Yeah, yeah. I bump my knee sometimes. I know how it feels. Um, You're yep. also a perennial uh, elite athlete that plays basketball and could have been a pro. He, he almost Had made an, a pro, guys. I could if have. It wasn't for that, if it wasn't for that ridiculous fake disease that you have. Uh, that is a very real disease. Do not... Uh, there's our listeners out there also have uh, Oscar Slaughters in their knees, and uh, now they hit you. Have what? I have Oscar <laughs> Slaughters in my knee. It's like a growth something. I really don't know you all just about. Make his shit up. Oh, Sounds like I have what was, what, what was it called again? Itis. <laughs> I've got the what? itis. Okay, what was so. it called again? Oscar Slaughters. That sounds like a fucking band. <laughs> <laughs> You got a death metal band in your leg, bro. You know, technically, it is a disease, and you're making fun of the disease. So I hope you feel good about yourself. All right, let's relax. We're not making fun of cancer here. Uh, the Packers and 49ers. Packers won 21-10. Um, Eddie Lacy had a few, a handful of carries, seven carries for 45 yards. Looked got a handful on- of French fries, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he looked fat on the field, but he ran effective. Six, almost six and a half yards a carry. Uh, Carlos Hyde had four carries, thirty yards. Um, what do, what do you guys think about this game? Any any takeaways? The 49ers offense looks horrific. Like their their offense as a whole is is bad. Like just really, really bad. Torrey Smith is my takeaway. One target all preseason. Um, news today has come out that Bruce Ellington has been put on IR. Um, so, I mean, all I have on my notes here is Quentin Patton time? Question mark? Like, who the hell are they going to throw the ball to? Because it doesn't seem like they want to throw it to Torrey Smith. Vance McDonald? He might be the only guy that's worth anything in the passing game at this point. Yeah. That's I heard sad. Randy Moss is considering coming out of retirement and playing for them. Yeah. I'm I'm kidding. Oh, okay. Th- thanks for telling us that you were kidding, because we all thought you were serious for a second. You sounded like you were like you thought I was serious. 
Yeah? Oh, man, let me go move up my rankings. You know Armando <laughs> would draft him. Yep. For any of you guys that don't know, Armando drafted Terrell Owens in the ninth round when he was retired. <laughs> <laughs> it, was like, it was like somebody wrote it. As well, as a as the as a piece as a scene for the show the league yeah well, just... the bad thing is he knew he was retired he was still taking a flyer on him hoping that he would come out of retirement yeah <laughs> there, to be fair no never mind I don't want to do that don't be fair to Armando um you know are and you guys concerned about Carlos side at this point because that offense just looks so bad yeah that it might I, have a detriment on him I mean he looked okay he had a nice long run but. How do you guys feel? Yeah, I mean, Carlos oh, Hyde is in. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. You, you go. I was, gonna say, I was just gonna say Carlos Hyde is in the same situation that Todd Gurley finds himself in, where he's really the only piece on offense that that team is gonna be able to rely on. Now, granted, the 49ers don't have the kind of defense that the Rams have. Yeah. But you know, it's he, Carlos Hyde is pretty much it. Yeah. Well, that's that's what's gonna hurt Carlos Hyde is that they're not gonna be in the games enough. Where yeah. the running, they can run and still be involved in you know in the game. Um, I think this is a train wreck. I am not impressed with Chip Kelly's offense. The what everybody thought was going to be a high flying offense in uh, in San Francisco. Um, I'm I moved high from being a solid wide uh, wide receiver to uh, running back two to a flex option. Over or mm. under two years before Chip Kelly goes back to college. Chip Kelly? Who's Chip Kelly? I said Chip Kelly. <laughs> Uh, Just like I said, Dom Brady. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's he's going back to college sooner or later. Um, this is going to be a second stint as a head coach. I don't know how many chances he's going to get. Yeah. So moving on to the other guys, I, I want to just quickly give a couple notes <laughs> on. To me, the number three wide receiver for the Packers is going to end up being um, Abradaris. He looked very. He looked pretty good on that touchdown catch. Um, Devontae Adams had a nice little play that was called back. He's just not a very good player, Devontae Adams, and I think Everdares will end up being the three in that offense, and we've seen that have value in years past. Um, as far as the tight end position, Jared Cook looked good and to me is the clear tight end to own for the Packers if you want a Packers tight end, you know, if you want to roll the dice on that. You know, every other game is decent. Well, that's pretty much been Jared. That's been Jared Cook's whole game. Every other game is decent. Yeah, that's pretty much tight ends. Every I mean, other game is decent. All right, you want to keep doing this? All right, never mind. <laughs> Let, let's move on to the Texans and Cardinals game. Uh, Texans won the game, thirty-four to twenty-four. Uh, Osweiler, uh, we can start with him. He threw for one hundred and forty-six yards and a touchdown. Um, and Carson Palmer threw for a couple interceptions. Uh, as the Texans are undefeated in the preseason now, and Cardinals have not yet won a game. Um, you know, DeAndre Hopkins had two receptions, 31 yards. Um, didn't expect much of him uh, in the game. Brock Osweiler, like I said, you know, he's 11 for 13. Um, what, what, Brock what Osweiler looked he, he looked good, man. Sharp, yeah. I'm telling you, he looks sharp. He looks like an actual NFL quarterback. Yeah. He made he he made some good throws. He, he only had two two incompletions. In the whole game, uh, one of them was in particular. He 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 threw a, a long pass to the to the rookie Fuller, and he caught him in stride and everything. It would have been a long touchdown pass, but Fuller dropped it. 
unfortunately. Yeah. So that was, that was one of the incompletions that he had. On the next drive, though, he did end up hitting, hitting Fuller for a touchdown with an over-the-shoulder uh, pass as well. So he, 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 was making, he was making his throws with the receivers in stride, and he, he's looking good, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I want to add a little note, um, you know, not necessarily pertaining to the games, but John Brown was cleared to return back to practice today. So um, we've got that going for us, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. How about uh, how about David Johnson? Um, what have you guys seen in the preseason? What do you like, dislike? He got in the end zone this game, um, but you're, you're still just as high on him as you ever were. Yeah, personally, I am. He he's looked quick. He's looked good. He's breaking some tackles. He's finding the holes in the line. He's slipping through. Uh, this game in particular, he he had what was it? Um, six six uh, rushes. He had twenty eight yards. So he he looked pretty good. Talk about Andre Ellington, though, man. He looked he looked pretty damn good too. But he's not going to be the starter, obviously. But right, you know, Chris Johnson. He he'll probably see a, a the, just just the the whole offense, the the whole running game in particular. Yeah. They, they got it going on. Yeah. It's just, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not obviously never played in the NFL, but I wonder how much these losses really hurt uh, the teams going into the regular season. Um, you know, the, the Texans are going to go into the season uh, with their chest puffed out, uh, you know, being possibly undefeated in the preseason, feeling really good. Uh, that, that would probably carry over into the regular season as going defeated throughout the preseason. I wonder how much weight that carries going into the regular season um but i guess i guess we'll see but i think that uh uh that confidence is going to be carried over for for the texans and hey you know with brock osweiler having a little more confidence commanding that offense uh we we might see something they definitely look confident yep yeah i i don't know I, i don't think the final score means a damn thing as far as preseason is is concerned the 0 and 16 lions were 4 and 0 in the preseason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. So Sorry Detroit. That's all right. They got Matthew Stafford for it. Let's talk about the Patriots and Panthers. The Panthers many... lost a game 17 to 19. Um you guys have any big takeaways from here? Cam Newton didn't look that good, man. No. Uh, especially in the first quarter, he overthrew his receivers three times. It's just in the first quarter alone, uh, and I'm I'm not talking about like barely overthrowing him. He threw one ball that was like a foot over the reach of Kelvin Benjamin, and Kelvin Benjamin's a big receiver, you know. So he he overthrew his receiver several times in that first quarter. He underthrew his receiver another time, which caused an interception. I mean, yeah, I, I don't I'm not gonna take anything away from it. He Cam Newton just had a bad day. Yeah, yeah, and Tom Brady looked pretty sharp though. I mean. Throw a 33 touchdown to Chris Hogan. Uh, Chris, Chris Hogan. Yeah, I mean he's something to talk about. Uh, we didn't we didn't give him a lot of attention early on, but um, he's he's moving up little by little. Yeah, Chris Hogan right now he's pretty much going undrafted. Uh, he's got an ADP of 209, so in most leagues he's not even going to be picked up. But if he, if he's somebody that you want to go ahead and fill in one of your last bench spots with, I think you could do worse, man. Chris Hogan he. If he can keep it up, it'll be pretty exciting because they'll have a clear number two wide receiver there along alongside of uh, Julian Edelman. Yeah, yeah. And not much to talk about here with Jonathan Stewart. He wasn't really heavily involved. He just had three carries. He had 23 yards, but, um, yeah, nothing nothing really glaring here. Um, we know that Stewart's going to be okay. Um, running I've, got, yeah, I've got one takeaway from the preseason for the Carolina Panthers. What is it? Um, and this, this might be a little bit of overreaction, but – 
I think Devin Funches is going to have a ton of value this season, and he's basically going undrafted in a lot of leagues. Um, can can you can one of you pull up quickly where Devin Funches is going as far as average draft position? I'm pretty Devin's, sure it's pretty late. Yeah, Devin yeah. Funches right he's, now is going as a 48th wide receiver, 138 overall. Yeah, I mean Devin Funches, yeah. uh, he's going to be catching the ball bunches. Okay, God damn it, deal. <laughs> All right. Also, if you play on certain sites take a look at some of these average draft positions you can pull that up on what do you mean certain pros. sites are you afraid to plug I, like another site all of a sudden oh no I'll, I'll say it right now I, I was going to get to it just give me a second so Devin Funches for example he's going as the 48th wide receiver um, but if you look in sites like Yahoo or NFL he's going in the 60s at wide receiver so if you see that go ahead and take advantage of some of these you know average draft position tools because those are heavily heavily influenced by the rankings of the particular analysts of that site so if he's ranked in the 60s by the analysts on nfl.com his average draft position is probably going to end up in the 60s because that's where people see him so for guys like that where you see a huge difference based on site definitely take a look at it because for me he's he's starting to be worth that late round flyer yeah, yeah. I mean, if if you draft Devin Funches, you're gonna thank us bunches. Oh my God, Dale, stop, stop. So, stop. so Rito, nobody's listening you, to this shit anyway. So, who would you rather take a flyer on? Would you rather take a flyer on Devin Funches or Chris Hogan? Uh, give me, give me Funches. Yeah, Funches. Dale, Funches. All right. Okay. Still like Vincent Jackson more though. I don't know. If, if, <laughs> yeah. What? What were you gonna say? I was gonna. <laughs> I was gonna say if you had a lot of players similar to Funches, you can wrap them up. Never mind, and have bunches and and, and make a bunch. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah. All right. You ready to move on? You know these these are all based off of you know our best estimates of what the season might be or what we might call hunches. Hold on, guys. Be right back. I gotta go work on my abs. <laughs> I'm gonna go do. I'm gonna go do a thousand crunches real quick. <laughs> oh man, that joke was so bad. It made it made me mad. Um, I'm gonna go. Hey, don't forget to take your lunches tomorrow. Oh, I was gonna say punches. Okay, we're just gonna do words that rhyme with with punches. <laughs> the name of this show is called Rhyming with Punches. That's gonna be the title of the episode. Moving on. All right, let's talk about the New York Giants and the New York Jets. The Giants won the game 21-20. to uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick threw a touchdown pass to Eric Decker. Uh, he is, of course, married to Jesse James. Uh, Eli Manning uh, did not do very much at all. Uh, actually, the Giants looked pretty pathetic for the most part. Um, Matt Forte had a handful of uh, carries for 28 yards. He had 10 carries for 28 yards. Um, Shane Vereen had a handful of carries. Uh, let's see, it says six carries for 11 yards. Uh, what are you guys taking away from this game here? Uh, all jet, I know is that defense. we are now following Jesse James Decker on Twitter. <laughs> but we already talked about, we, we talked a little bit about this game already. We, we mentioned Rashad Jennings earlier and the fact that he looked pretty damn bad. He had six rushes for negative one yards. Uh, Brito alluded to the fact that that could have more to do with the New York Jets defense, which, to be honest with you, they did look pretty scary. Yeah. What are your thoughts uh, there, Brito? Hold on, hold on. I got some breaking news, guys. Breaking news. ESPN Chiefs reporter 
Adam Teicher reports, reports that, Jamal Charles. Damn it! You want to let me go finish? Ahead. Go ahead. Reports that Jamal Charles hasn't regained the role of the full-time featured back that he had before last season's torn ACL. Wow, that's scary. Any concerned there, guys? Very. That's definitely something to be concerned about there. Uh, wow, and what a week to, for that news to come out. I hope you guys didn't draft uh, Jamal Charles before listening to this. It's up this? to you. Yeah. <laughs> um, he'll be fine. He split time before, and he's looked great splitting time. Yeah, he, so. he doesn't need a ton of he doesn't need a ton of carries to be productive. Nope. He'll average five point oh yards per carry again. Yeah. And just because they, he technically hasn't regained the role yet, doesn't mean that when the start of the season comes around, he's going to be splitting fifty fifty. Yeah. He'll be fine. All right, getting back to the game at hand. Tell us about that Jets defense there, Brito. They, they looked good. I mean, I, your concern about Jennings, I think, just has a lot to do with who they were playing. Um, just Jets defensive line looks fantastic. Yeah, and um, I, I think uh, I think there's going to be games that the Giants do struggle offensively. But for the most part, that offense is pretty good and will be able to sustain Odell Beckham as an elite one. Uh, Step- Sterling Shepard as a you know number three four wide receiver. Um, I don't expect Sterling Shepard to break out and be elite. Um, and Rashad Jennings is a number two to three. Oh, son of a bitch! Sorry. Fuck. I think a mosquito just went my nose. Please don't fucking put that in the We're pod. Definitely keep <laughs> yeah, that Definitely keep it. <laughs> I'm editing the podcast. <laughs> oh my god, what the fuck just went to my nose? Uh well, I guess we could talk about too, Victor Cruz. He uh played for the first time. Well, he played six games in the last two years. He had a catch for four yards. Um still pretty much a non factor until we see otherwise. Um staying away from him for now, of course. Uh, could be a sneaky pickup later in the season if he if he comes to and, and starts producing, but not worth a look right now. You guys agree? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely wanted to see more out of not only Victor Cruz but Sterling Shepard. Um, you know, the, the third the third preseason week is really where you're going to get as close to the real thing as 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 you're going to get before making it's like draft uh, selections. It's like virtual porn. Like uh, it's like as close as you can get to. To what, Brito? Go on, continue. Your wife is listening. <laughs> She's not. She tuned out after like the third pod. Oh, hey, she got to the third. My wife got like five minutes in the first. Those are like the worst three episodes there. Yeah, they were. Yeah, Sterling Shepard. Not only Victor Cruz, but Sterling Shepard is, is another receiver that I definitely wanted to see more of this preseason. The third week is where you're really going to see what it is that each that, that everybody brings to the table before you make your selections in your fantasy drafts. And Sterling Shepard just hasn't shown it as of yet. Uh, one catch for one yard. He only had one target in the game. It could have a lot to do with the fact that they were playing a pretty damn good defense this week. Yeah, for um, sure. But they, uh, I, all signs are pointing so far to a drop for Sterling Shepard, at least at least for now. Yep. All right. So San Diego, Minnesota. Um, yeah. Before we get on any of the any of the actual game there, and there's not a ton of takeaways from from that game, but uh, Teddy Bridgewater appears to have suffered a pretty significant. Uh, knee injury, uh, like we mentioned earlier, and um, you know, for me, it's just it, that offense is just going to focus probably even more on running the ball with Adrian Peterson. Yep. The one takeaway that I had from that game is Melvin Gordon continues to look very good. Oh yeah, yeah. I think he's the one guy in the preseason 
that moved up more than anybody else is Melvin Gordon. Um, I was looking at him as maybe a low-end flex, and he's a, he's a high-end number two for me right now. High-end number two, okay. I think so, yeah. Yeah, he is. He's looked really, really well. I mean, he's played really, really well. Um, I mean, he only had four carries for 51 yards in this game. Whoa, 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 whoa. We're going to have to play another game right here. I'm sorry. Just one minute with Melvin Gordon, Dale. Okay, let's do it. All right, Melvin Gordon or Jonathan Stewart? Melvin Gordon. What? Yeah. I thought I started too high there. No question. Okay, Melvin Gordon or DeMarco Murray? Ah, man. Uh, I'd have to go... Ah, Man, I think I'd go Gordon. Wow. Melvin Gordon or Ryan Matthews? Ryan Matthews. Okay. All right, all right, all right. Melvin Gordon or Jeremy Hill? Uh, I'd go Jeremy Hill slightly, uh, not by much. Um, If I was feeling good that day when I was drafting... I, I would consider Gordon Overhill, but it's close. Uh, All right. Yeah, it's close. There. Melvin Gordon or Thomas Rawls? Thomas Rawls. All right. All right, cool. Yeah. Fair, fair, I guess. He's looked pretty good this preseason. And he, I mean, we, we talk about other players showing us what they have, right? I mean, we you know we downgrade players that haven't showed us anything, so we got to upgrade players that have, and Melvin Gordon has proved himself. Uh, he's had a very good preseason. He's running great. All right, so speaking of teams where players showed us a lot, Tennessee and Oakland. My biggest takeaway from this game is the running game for Tennessee. Tell us about that, Richard. Yeah, I can. I continue to, you know, you guys are going to make fun of me. I, can, I continue to fall in love with Derrick Henry. He's got 12 carries for 49 yards and a touchdown. He's he's well. He got more work this game than Demarco Murray. I still think Demarco Murray is gonna is, is still the the quote unquote number one. But you know that that's it's pretty indicative here of the kind of of the kind of split that the two are going to be looking at. Uh, they both have fantasy relevance, Demarco Murray and Derrick Henry. So if you if you have Demarco Murray and you're drafting him as one of your starting running backs, then you absolutely need to also grab Derrick Henry because if if one of these guys go down, the other one is going to be a powerhouse. Uh. How about, uh, I guess one guy we have to talk about in the preseason is Tajay Sharp. Um, although he just caught one reception. It was for 60 yards. On four targets. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Tajay Sharp, I think Marcus Mariota likes him. Yeah, on that particular one, if you if you saw it, like right when he caught the ball, he was, he was about to go down, but then he broke free and got about another 30 to 35 yards. It was a great run after the catch. Uh, so, yeah. you know, take it for what it's worth. It is only one catch, though. Yeah. Yeah. To add another piece of news, um, Kendall Wright is out yet again after re-injuring his hamstring. After coming back from a hamstring injury, he's hurt it yet again. So it's going to be Sharp, Matthews, and Delaney Walker in that receiving core. Uh, still expect Delaney Walker to be the guy that gets the majority of the looks there, yeah. followed by followed by Matthews and then Sharp. That's how I would have it. Yeah. How about Andre Johnson? What about he, him? He did have three three catches for sixty five yards. Not too bad. Yeah, he had three catches on four targets. You don't see him being any kind of factor there in the offense? There's just not enough offense to go around. Um, yeah, the, that, the Titans that, are that offense so is, much. Exactly. That's going to be, I mean, the phrase they keep using and everybody keeps using, they want to be an exotic smash mouth, just run the ball in your face offense, 
And I think that's exactly what they're going to do. And they've shown this preseason that they've been pretty effective running the ball. Yeah. yeah on the on definitely. the other side of the ball, let's talk about uh, let's talk about the the running backs. Derek Carr threw a six yard touchdown pass to DeAndre Washington. Um, a lot of people kind of gasped when that happened, thinking, "Uh oh, you know, this might die." You know, start digging into Latavius Murray value a little bit. Um, you guys feel the same way? DeAndre Washington has looked pretty damn good. At least he He's did in this great. game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this this um, game he had eight carries for 55 yards, uh, averaging almost seven yards a carry. Um, this this could be a little interesting here how they how they use these two running backs. Yeah, the, the this isn't this isn't really breaking news or anything, but the way that give it give it another give it another few years. Fantasy football is going to be changing pretty significantly at the running back position because before where it was just one guy getting all of the work, getting 20 plus touches a game. And, and those are the guys that you target, we're going to be seeing more instances like the Tennessee Titans and the Oakland Raiders where they have, and the the, the Arizona Cardinals, where you're not going to have a, a, the number one guy who's going to get all the work and then everybody else is just there in case something bad happens. That it's happened be... five years ago, dude. What? What are you talking about? This, where there's no such thing as the workhorse running back anymore. It's just well, no, it's, no it's, it, it's even more prevalent right. now, though. Yeah. Right. That's that's what I'm saying. It hasn't it hasn't fully taken off completely, but give it give it another few years, and it's pretty much. Well, I yeah. mean, we see it already in the drafts. Right. I, I don't think a, it's lo- a lot of people are going wide receiver first. I don't think it's a horrible thing for Latavius Murray. I think he's going to be just fine, and I actually moved them up a spot in my rankings because that offensive line looks fantastic. Yeah, yeah, and on uh, speaking of uh, the receiving, um, I think Derek Carr looked. Really sharp, uh, completing 10 of 15 passes for 146 yards. Um, but he had a deep uh, ball to Michael Crabtree on the opening drive. and, uh, and That was uh, a hell of a throw. Yeah, and a nice 30-yard, 29-yard uh, uh, touchdown to Amari Cooper. Both these guys, I think, are going to be heavily involved in the offense. Yep. Um, one, 1A, one 1B, one or is it 1 and 2? I don't know, but this is one of those situations where one guy is being drafted at a re- way too high of a price and one guy is being drafted way too low. I really like Crabtree where he's going. It seems like a pretty good value. Kind of reminds me of uh, Vincent Jackson a lot where he's gonna he's definitely going to outperform his draft value. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'd be happy to have my Crabtree on any one of my teams. All right, well, let's talk about the last uh, preseason game, uh, the Colts versus the Eagles. What's your takeaway on this, guys? Um, well, Dante, Dante Moncrief looked pretty damn good. He had a lot of work. He had eight targets. He caught six passes, 58 yards. He didn't have a touchdown, but he did look pretty damn good in this game. All right. So, I mean, for me, what what was uh, worrisome about the Colts is after uh, yet another injury on their team, um, Jack Muhert, uh offensive lineman, they um, – they continue to look very bad on that offensive line, and um, more bad news for me for Frank Gore. I just I just don't want anything to do with Frank Gore. He's going to be okay at the end of the year with his production, but I, I don't want six points a game. I just don't want it. Yeah, I, I'm going to take a pass on Frank Gore as well. Yep. Uh, on the other side, I mean, uh, Sam Bradford. Uh, 17-20 for 167 yards and two touchdowns. Um, he's looking sharp in this preseason. Um, what's, what's your thoughts here? 
Who's who's the best? Who's, who's the biggest benefactor of Sam Bradford playing well? My honest thoughts is, can you click on a fucking <laughs> link on NFL.com without an ad popping up? Absolutely Jesus not. Christ. Not only ads, Every but it's like videos. single page. I'm like muting constantly yeah. because I want to have 17,000 tabs open while I'm delivering a podcast. Um, but it's just, come on, NFL.com. I'm sorry. Well, now okay. we're never going to have NFL as a guest on our show. Yep. Goodbye, NFL.com. I mean, we did have James Coe and Matt Harmon on our show. Yep, but they're I never was coming back. A joke, but they don't—they don't work for the fucking web development or advertising. It's just on just, a positive note. Can we can we talk about how great NFL Rewind is? Okay, that product is amazing because honestly, if you can watch all your—they say thirty minutes. If you can watch a condensed game in forty minutes ish. That's pretty freaking awesome. It's yeah. it, it's very helpful for guys that have a podcast that want to watch game in forty minutes. Yeah, yeah. You but know. the bad thing is you can't watch all the commercials in between, which I really like, love watching the commercials. Yeah, he wants to know what time Scandal is going to be on. Yeah. He's not sure if it's eight <laughs> or nine. He's like, "Where's the commercials for Scandal?" Yeah. Um, Something. Okay, so that wraps up the boring preseason wrap up. Um, you guys have anything? That wraps up the wrap up. You want to wrap up the wrap up? No, I said Remember, guys, wraps up the wrap up. Whenever you're going to engage in in activities, you know, nighttime activities with your lady friends, wrap it up. Oh, hey, hey, one more thing. It's pretty cool. Um, so the listener, they're going back to the listener league. Uh, it's going to be so lame. No, no, no. It, it's it's pretty cool actually. You guys, you guys are going to like it. Um, uh, Ricky Vaughn is one of the players in my league, and it's kind of cool because Ricky Vaughn. If you guys are movie buffs, Rick Vaughn, Rick Vaughn, Ricky Vaughn, Flair. Rick Woo! Vaughn, I know Rick Vaughn. <laughs> from, uh, from Major League. Anyways. Yeah. Um, she, in the middle of the draft, uh, she was she went to the ER because she had, uh, I think, like, uh, pink, uh, man, what was it? It was like pancreatic, pancreatic Pancreatitis? Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'll, I'll tell you exactly because I feel bad because I want to say it right. Uh, oh, yeah. Pancreatitis? Pancreatitis? Pancreatitis. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. There that you go. just means inflammation of the pancreas. Okay. Right, right. Okay. Uh, but, you know, they gave her a CAT scan and she kept having to, you know, check her, uh, you know, her draft board and, you know, all that stuff. And she got, she in case she had to be, you know, in surgery or anything, she gave uh, all her, her cheat sheet to her husband to make sure that he drafted for her correctly. And uh, then she had to be um, sent to another hospital, transferred. And the whole time she's chatting on the chat room and making sure she was drafting. So if anybody says they can't make your draft this year, just know that this chick was went to the ER, transferred hospitals, got CAT scans, and was still be able and was still able to have a complete draft and a pretty good team at the end of the day. So um, for all you guys, you know, texting me asking if we could change draft dates and all this stuff, uh, no. And if you want to be mentioned on the podcast, just be admitted into the hospital. That's right. Hey, she she deserves to be mentioned on the podcast for sure. Can can we get her like a t-shirt or something? Uh yeah. that's that's Rich's business. Yeah, well go seen. ahead. Go, go go ahead and email Dale and we'll we'll get the details. Nice. Okay. I'll let her know. She'll be the first one of our listeners with an eSleep fantasy shirt. Oh, nice. Okay. Cool. Cuz we spent way too much money on t-shirts and we don't know what to do with them now. <laughs> they look awesome though. Let's be serious. We're getting a cannon. We're getting a t-shirt cannon. Dude, they're folded. They're folded perfectly to slide into a cannon and be shot. 
Yes. Okay. <laughs> that that's next order of business. <laughs> All Forget right, guys. the microphones. We're getting a t-shirt gun. <laughs> Go ahead and follow us on Twitter at EatSleepFF. Please, if you're going to leave us a review, do not do it based on this episode. Um, but go ahead and go on iTunes and leave us a review if, if you like our show. And uh, EatSleepFantasy.com for great articles. If you want to sign up for our mock drafts on Fantrax.com, go ahead and do it on EatSleepFantasy.com. And uh, buenas noches. Thanks a lot for listening, everybody. God damn it, Dale. I want to say it last. Bye. Bye. Good night. To play till the sun go down Then we take that town Then we take that town